1: Studies affirm that medical mutilation is mentally harmful. We're going to be talking about this on Faith and Freedom. I'm Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. Joining me is Holly Mead. Well, in a recently published medical study, and studies, frankly— Numerous scientists confirm that mutilating gender surgeries fail to improve the overall lives of people struggling with gender dysphoria while worsening mental health in most people by increasing feelings of loneliness and increased rates of suicide. Peer-reviewed studies suggest mutilating surgeries leave as high as 83% of people feeling lonelier and almost 50% dissatisfied with their lives after surgery. Of
2: course, we've been talking about this for quite some time now, and that in in talking to people that have gone through this um, are saying, this isn't the answer. I'm lonely. I have suicidal thoughts. You know, uh, this is but now we have studies to back this up.
1: Right, and research now finds, and it has been found, it's not anything new because it's been out there, Mm -hmm. there's a 14% increase in suicide rate of people who have access to such procedures, such as people in states without a law banning mutilating surgeries. In a study published May 22, 2023, entitled Loneliness and Social Isolation Among Transgender and Gender-Diverse People, researchers at the University of Hamburg Medical Center concluded that people who have undergone gender reassignment surgery generally feel uh, lonelier Mm -hmm. than others who have not had surgery in a subsequent study published on may the 30th by the same researchers titled are transgender people satisfied with their lives 44 percent of people reported varying levels of dissatisfaction with their lives after irreversible surgeries where 30.1% reported slight satisfaction only only 1.1% reported extreme satisfaction. In this case, you know, what you'll have happen is the further away you get from the surgery, and this is mm-hmm. from Walt Heyer's statement, you have more and more regret. Right. Because right after the surgery, you might have this sort of you know, like a honeymoon, honeymoon so to speak. feeling, yeah. Yeah, that's what he called it. Uh, that you have achieved it, but then you realize, you know what, your mental stress and complications, the issues that were really underlying everything, mm-hmm. they never went away. And not only do you still have the problem, but you've made it worse because look what you've done to your body.
2: And this, the one study uh, you mentioned earlier noted that younger age groups such as those 18 to 29, experience disproportionately high rates of depression, anxiety, suicide feelings, and non-suicidal self-injury. And, you know, I I imagine that can be attributed to, because nowadays they're just pushing these through kids like an assembly line. Here, here's your hormone blockers. Here's your surgery. And they're not telling them what the ramifications are, what the results are going to be when they come out of this, when they wake up, so to speak.
1: Well, the industry looks like it's bringing in about one point nine billion dollars in twenty twenty one. is expected to increase to nearly three billion by the year twenty thirty.
2: Well, you look at what two th- two thousand seven. There was one of these gender clinics in America. Now there's hundreds of them.
1: Yeah, it's a profitable hundreds. business. Uh, the twenty twenty there's a twenty twenty one study called disparities in childhood abuse between transgender and cisgender adolescents. It says that gender-confused adolescents had a significantly higher likelihood to report childhood sexual abuse, physical abuse, and psychological abuse than the non-gender dysphoric peers. In the study entitled Attachment Patterns in Children and Adolescents with Gender Dysphoria, scientists found that gender dysphoria in children arises in association with high rates of unresolved loss and trauma such as sexual abuse, emotional abuse, neglect, and exposure to domestic violence. The study also found that 87% of children in the study who had gender dysphoria also had anxiety, behavioral disorders, or autism.
2: Well, you think about it too, I mean, nowadays in the public schools particularly, these children that have traditionally been bullied will take the side of, okay, I'm non-binary, something in order to avoid being bullied, but it's not solving their problem. There's something else going on in their little heads that needs to be addressed
1: that's the problem and that's the going back to you know the open letter from the lady who's the clinical psychologist regarding the mistreatment of her daughter with a therapist who wanted to call her transgender Mm -hmm. rather than treat her underlying body dysphoria eating disorders and other things Uh, that's what's happening where these young people or others they have these underlying psychological issues and, and this-, this particular report, like we've been saying, also includes autism spectrum as one of those underlying issues, behavioral orders, autism, and so forth. This is what they are experiencing. So when they come in, these counselors, they then are pushing them down this transgender pathway and they're giving them puberty blockers, cross sex hormones, and put him on the path to use different pronouns and mutilating surgeries rather than address the underlying mental health issues. The mental health issues never get addressed, and consequently, they become more exacerbated, especially when you do these permanent, life-altering medical interventions to your body.
2: Right. It's like, you know, and then they go into schools and this teacher's asking without the parents' knowledge, the teachers are asking the children, what pronoun do you want to go by? What do you want to be? Well, you don't ask a child. I mean, some children want to be pirates when they're a children, but they're not going to, you know, the parents aren't going to cut off their arm or something like that. Well, think about this, you know,
1: you go back to the early 1920s and the eugenics movement was flourishing. It comes from Charles Darwin in his origin of the species by means of natural selection or the preservation of favored races. And so he also wrote The Descent of Man. And in that book, he clearly indicates his idea of humanity. And it's based upon evolution and humanity to become better, you need to pull out the weeds of humanity, the, the dregs of society, certain races, certain categories of people, whether it's mental health or other things, people that would be on the autism spectrum, they mm-hmm. would be gone as well. So what do you do with those people? Well, you have to stop propagating them. You have to stop birthing them. You do that voluntarily for a while, and then you do it involuntarily so that you do forced sterilization. That brings you to 1927 and the Supreme Court decision Buck versus Bell. The Chief Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes Jr. wrote the infamous statement: "Three generations of imbeciles are enough." Close quote. And with that particular statement and the release of that very short, unscientific, non-judicial type of reasoned decision. Many states around the country began passing these laws to forcibly sterilize people that fell in certain categories. They could have mental or physical, quote, disabilities. They could have low IQ. They could be black. They could have a child out of wedlock. They could be Hispanic. They could be a, quote, gypsy. They could be of any variety of categories and they wanted to forcibly sterilize those people. It spread across the country.
2: But these people have the making these decisions have godlike perspectives. Like they can make these choices for other people.
1: Yeah, and so what happened then, this spread across the country. It also happened globally, and during the Nuremberg trials, the Nazis cited Buck versus Bell to defend the Holocaust. You know, shockingly forced sterilization continued in America, believe it or not, until the 1970s. So fast forward about 100 years from 1927 and the Buck versus Bell decision to now. And now what you have is, again, forced sterilization of people who have underlying mental health conditions.
2: Satan is after our children, whether in the womb or outside.
1: And I say forced because they're not given the proper medical treatment or the information. They come into these counselors, and they have eating disorders, autism, Asperger's, whatever it may be. They have all these different kinds of conditions, stressors. They need to get those underlying issues addressed. They could have sexual abuse, Mm -hmm. domestic abuse. They have all these stressors in their lives. And they just bypass that. They push them down the so-called transgender path, which ultimately will sterilize them for life, puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, mutilating surgeries. That's why Liberty Council has been fighting so hard for children and families and therapists. I encourage you to support Liberty Council's ministry and learn more about it. Go to Liberty Council's website, lc.org. That's lc.org for more information, lc.org.
0: Again, that phone number 407-875-1776. Become an active partner of Liberty Council and make a difference in your community and across the nation. The website again, lc.org.